When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Greetings, good people, and welcome to Moments That Rock, part of the Pantheon group of podcasts. Some excellent stuff on there, so go check the rest out. Meanwhile, slight difference here with uh, our episodes. They're going to be weekly now, and they're going to be pumping stuff out. 15 or 20 minutes from one person sharing their Moments That Rock. So, without further ado, Mr Ian Wilson is going to talk to you about his uh, many years as a uh, agent, booking bands and stuff and management and then there'll be more from me in in uh, weeks to come but let's get on with the show my name is ian wilson um i'm probably best known as the guy that signed you two to uh, uh an agency contract before they had a record deal in london that was back in 1979 um, I then went on to agent uh, many successful bands out of the UK, Bauhaus, Killing Joke, Altered Images, Bell Stars, while working alongside and supporting the development of the Police, Squeeze, um, Talking Heads, B-52s, The Clash, and Craftwork, to name a few. Um, that agency was called Wasted Talent. Like many people, I got into the music business because I was originally a musician. <laughs> And uh, when I was a teenager at school, I thought nothing better of life than that I should be listening to Led Zeppelin, that I should be listening to Genesis uh, and to um, all the amazing acts that were out there in those days. And um, I was in a band at school, a rock band at school, and the school I went to was in St. Albans, which had a tradition of rock musicians and the most famous being Rod Argent from the Zombies and the band Argent. And uh, the band that I played in were a school band and we were called Motif. And our finest hour was hustling, as you did in those days. We hustled the opening slot for this brand new band called ELO. I went off to university and the thing that you understood about the music business as a student was this idea that there was someone called a social secretary. And this was the guy at university or the girl who who booked the bands and I was quite clear that that was absolutely something that I wanted to do this was fantastic because the college paid me to go and watch bands so um, I went down to the marquee and saw this band Dire Straits who I thought 
must be a punk band with a name like that. Instead of which, I saw J.J. Kale. I thought, well, uh, it's not new, but it's really good. And um, my college students will probably like that. I'll book it. And so I did. I booked Dire Straits to appear uh, at my college. That was my first booking. My next move was to go and see somebody else who I'd been at school with, a guy called John Giddings, who nowadays owns and runs the Isle of Wight Festival. And John represents U2, believe it or not, and uh, always did Bowie before Bowie passed away. John is uh, probably the most successful um, uh, promoter and uh, in the UK today. So um, that was a pretty good start. I started with Joe Jackson, then we had the Pleasers, and I had Kato Bell. I learned, but I had Dire Straits to look forward to until this song called The Sultans of Swing started getting played on the radio a lot. I got the inevitable call from the booking agent. It was a guy called Nick Lee, who was a front for a guy called Carl Layton Pope, who it turned out was a front for a guy called Ed Bicknell. To sum it all up, Ed was basically telling me that my show with Dire Straits would not be happening because I didn't have something called three-phase power. And he made me feel like a million dollars as he told me I definitely would not be having this show, that actually they would be playing down at the Hammersmith Odeon <laughs> a few weeks later. But what Ed also gave me was the knowledge that there was a thing called the music business. And this was my first real dealing with it. And I realized that um, being a manager was something to aim at, something to aim at. And um, one of the A&M albums that I'd got through the mail that I'd stuck on and I really rather liked was called Outlandos de Moor by this band called The Police that, again, at that time, no one had heard of. The police seemed to be working. I went to the local um, vinyl store in Upper Street in Isling to check out um, what the vibe on the police was, and I got a thumbs up for that. So I picked up the phone and to a guy called Bob Gold at the Derek Block Agency, and I noticed that they'd got this roster that was pretty good. They had Ian during the Blockheads. They had The Clash. They had Kraftwerk. Um, they had The Members. They had Eddie and the Hot Rods, and they had Squeeze. And I called Bob and Bob uh, took my call, was very interested. He actually made the journey down to my college to meet me in person to check the venue out, decided the venue was okay, and we agreed on a deal. Now, I'd agreed to pay Cato Bell 400 quid. I'd got Dire Straits down to 350. So I, met, I thought that getting the police for 325 quid was probably a good deal. And I was feeling so generous. I said, and you can have 90% of whatever happens after the profits. And Bob said, fine, we've got a deal. And hey, presto, same thing happens as with Dar Straits. The phone starts to ring. <laughs> the police are starting to happen. Oh, my God, Roxanne has been released. Oh, it's becoming a hit. But the difference was this time is the date didn't get pulled and the show did happen. Sting was in his uh, trademark um, uh, all-in-one RAF onesie suit, which you see on uh, Outlanders to More. And he was clearly as cocky as cocky can come, but he was good. They were good, and the crowd loved it. Um, I came to settle the show afterwards, and I'd been dealing with a guy called Kim Turner. Kim, I thought, was the manager of the police. He was the guy I'd been dealing with. Until Kim said, well, it seems all right. We counted out all the money. I'll just check with uh, Miles. I said, who's Miles? Oh, he's the manager. That was then my first meeting with a guy called Miles Copeland. Miles looked at me as if uh, I wasn't even there. It was okay. He was happy with the deal. So my reward for having had the police was that I was now to book squeeze. I never did book squeeze. But what Bob also said to me, he says, there's a job going at Terry Fox. Are you interested? I said, sure, I am. 
the next weekend after I promoted the police, the police were then playing at Hatfield Polytechnic and they were doing a show called Rock Goes to College. And I went to that show with Bob and it was amazing to see the police again without the pressure of being the promoter. And that day sealed the fact that I was leaving King's College. I was going to go and work for the agency that represented the police. And then off I went to start my world. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. The booking agent at Derek Blocks. You're listening to Moments That Rock, part of the Pantheon group of podcasts. I'm your host, Tony Michaelidis, and more from Mr. Ian Wilson. I was taken on, 50, taken on on 50 quid a week, which was more money than I'd ever earned before. Uh, what wasn't mentioned, or was mentioned, but it made nothing to me, was that I'd be responsible for my own tax and national insurance, uh, which didn't mean anything to me at the time. So I said, fine, that'll do. Yeah, that's great. And then uh, being there for two or three days and uh, Ian Flukes turned up, which was uh, a rarity because he never seemed to be in the office. I don't know where Ian was, but he was never at the desk. Uh, I subsequently learned that Ian was very much liked traveling on airplanes to America and particularly on Concord, if you could get away with it. But uh, (laughs) Ian uh, came in and because Ian was in, it was time that we all went for lunch and and, uh, it was suggested that we have fish and chips. So I thought we'd be going to a fish and chip shop. But I learned that going for fish and chips in uh, in Soho meant going to a fish and chip 
restaurant and that uh, going for lunch with Ian Flukes also meant ordering Chablis and <laughs> and that it was really great fun but that the, my share of the bill when it came was that very same 50 quid that I just earned for a week's work so uh, I learned pretty quick the economics of being <laughs> the kid in the office one of the reasons that Ian was never there was because, of course, he, he had been in America quite a lot because um, he was chasing this band I'd never heard of called The Knack. And uh, The Knack turn up in London playing the marquee. It's one of the first shows I'm asked to help book. Um, and uh, so we have The Knack playing at the marquee. And it turns out that they've got this song called My Sharona that's turning out to be a blinking number one in, uh, in America. And this is like a really big band. I'd never heard of them. I don't think any too many people in England heard of them at that time. What I do remember about the Knack was that obviously the Knack were kind of like an American version of the Beatles doing power pop, had those sort of like Beatlish haircuts. That was fun. And the next uh, uh, thing that I learned was, uh, you'll totally relate to this, Tony, was how to talk to Roger Eagle. Now, back in the day, Roger Eagle uh, booked a club in Liverpool, Eric's, and Eric's was the leading club in the uk outside of london it was hip anybody who was anybody wanted to play there and of course it had still had that whole beatles connection plus the fact that at that time liverpool was reinventing itself through the buddyman and war and pink military and obviously teardrop explodes and um getting roger eagle on the phone was an art and it certainly wasn't something that was available to a new kid whippersnapper like me Except that we had this other band on Island Records who were coming in for three dates called the B-52s. And the B-52s were incredibly hot and incredibly hip. And they had their song Rock Lobster. And so it, I was given the opportunity to make the call to Roger Eagle with the B-52s, which meant that Roger took my call. Didn't mean that he spoke to me particularly. He said, B-52s, yeah. Um, how much? 300 quid. Done. Roger Eagle was like one of the most special people in the music industry because he he knew about every record under the sun. He really, really was a very, very knowledgeable, very bright guy. James is now going to groom me to be both his man and the influences man because James has his eye on being a manager. James uh, was able because he was an agent and I was doing this with him, but watching him doing it. The great thing that you can do as an agent is you can control any show. You decide who's on the show. You have access to any club, any bill. James got to wind up going in the uh, in the A&R industry really quickly. And so I witnessed and was party to how to get a band a record deal on a big wind up. James then tells me there's an act that we can probably poach. And I'm now learning that booking agents try and steal acts from other agents, rather like record labels try and steal bands from other labels. Um, and the band that we were flagged was a band called The Tourists. Tourists had just been on tour with Roxy Music. They had this song called Blind Among the Flowers, and they were signed to Logo Records. They were with a guy called Dan Silver, who worked with John Giddings. So I found it quite interesting, the idea that we might be able to nick an act from under John Giddings' wing. And sure enough, um, the managers of the tourists were people called um, Anna Carter, who were one of those sort of corporate management companies at the time. And Anna Carter were fronted by a guy called Lloyd Beanie, who was um, the tourists' manager. And basically the way we got the tourists was we promised them 
the opening slot for the police at Reading Festival because the police were an act who were absolutely exploding throughout my time at Derrick Blocks. Um, they were, they'd gone from Outlaw, Outland or Stonewall to Regatta de Blanc and they were on headlining Friday night at Reading Festival and second on the bill, the tourists. That's what we were able to do for them and that was the power of agency. That's what you could do. Unfortunately, my relationship with Lloyd Beanie and Annie Lennox got off to a bit of a bad start. We booked the tourists at the venue in Victoria, which was uh, like a small sort of club theatre. And we had the photos on to open. And I went along that night on my own. There was no one else from the agency. And I uh, watched the photos play. And between the photos playing and um, the tourists coming on, I thought, well, I'd better go and introduce myself to the tourists as their new agent and you know, let them know. Of course, my timing was all out because I decided to go backstage to, to introduce myself about two, three minutes before they were due on stage. So the venue was like one of those proscenium arts theatres that had a curtain. I went behind the curtain to almost trip over Annie Lennox, who gave me a right mouthful for, for you know, like uh, interrupting her pre-pep just before she went on stage. And from that moment, I, uh, I always felt very sort of uh, sheepish about my relationship with Annie. And sure enough, within a few weeks of that, um, I had been busily booking places like uh, Liverpool Eric's and another major club show was uh, the fan club at Leeds, Leeds Fan Club, which was uh, run by a promoter called John Keenan, who, a bit like Roger Eagles, a guy who really knew his music, developed a f- festival called Futurama and is still around today, still doing it. I always knew the address of the Leeds Fan Club. I always put 27 Talbot Road because that's the address that I was told. And so I just fill in my booking slip. The secretary would type it, off it would go. You'd never hear any more about it. But it turns out that 27 Talbot Road was John's home address, which is where the contracts went. But it wasn't the address of the fan club. And this had never seemed to be a problem for any other act on the planet Earth because they'd all known how to go to Leeds Fan Club. But not Lloyd Beanie and not the tourists. No, they went to 27 Talbot Road and found themselves at John Keenan's house. And of course, that was another major faux pas as far as they're concerned, because I must be an absolute idiot. No, you're not. That was Ian Wilson telling us of his escapades as an agent. We have more from Ian, uh, and we'll be putting that out in a few weeks. It's about his uh, uh, finding, discovering, and promoting YouTube before they had a record deal. You've been listening to Moments That Rock with me, Tony Michael, this part of the Pantheon group of podcasts. Like I said at the start, they'll now be every week about 15 to 17, 18 minutes, which is better than cutting them up and splitting them around. It means I can get them out quicker. Thank you for listening. Subscribe. Come back for more. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett.
Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.